All right. Well, do you want to do like an intro to the to the end of the year episode? What do you want to yeah, say? How do you intro that? Um, this is dying to tell you. We're doing a end of the year kind of wrap up with Chris, the producer, and me, the host. And we're going to talk a little bit about some things that we learned about doing a podcast and about doing this podcast in particular. And talk a little bit about what we're hoping for in the future, I think. And um, I don't know. We'll see what comes up. Yeah, that sounds good. the year that you started it we started this thing it's been years in the making you had this idea yeah. back in gosh 2019 when did this first come out yeah i think it was 2019 because aaron first contacted us in 2019 and uh-huh. so i think we had talked to some of the people that we know who might be in contact with people who are living with serious illness in 2019 and i think that's how we got in touch with aaron originally so yeah 2019 would have been the the year that it's jazzed about doing something yeah i think so and i think i remember you it was only four years (laughs) and i i think you put a random post on facebook um to people or something like that that's what i remember you were like hey does anybody know any audio engineers and i was i think that's the first time i was like hey yeah hey i can uh, whatever we need to do we can do (laughs) let's 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 talk about this thing. Well, it made me so happy that you wanted to do it. I thought oh, maybe Lord. you would. Yeah. I should have just asked you. Is that like a secret kind of anybody like want to Chris, aggressive. Chris Rock? <laughs> anybody Chris? <laughs> a producer whose name is Chris. Well, yeah, I know any Chris's. I've, yeah. Yeah, man. You're so good at it. It's, well, thanks. Well, so are you. I it's a good quality team. stuff. High five. High five. High um, five. <laughs> yeah. Over and over again, I've I've gotten compliments on the production quality. Um, oh, gee, even thanks. even the first episode with uh, with Aaron, where we were just like we were in your basement and uh-huh. recording on a couple of microphones precariously stacked on a table <laughs> with books and whatnot. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna find that picture because it cracks me up. It really is like. It's 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 two microphones balanced on top of like a plastic drawer <laughs> set balanced on top of another table. <laughs> uh-huh. And I just I just think of of Aaron coming in and just like uh-huh. being led down to this basement and it's just this janky, you know. <laughs> like sorry, sorry man, this is what oh, we got, but you're going to sound good. <laughs> Yeah, it did that sound was crazy. Good. That was, it was so cool that he, I just love that you were in contact with him for a bit, and then he got. I thought he got sick, or the pandemic happened too. So then it was then, like, well, that we're going to call that off. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then he called you up and said, "It's time. I, I think I need to do this now." And it really, it really was. I mean, honestly, I, I have, I have him and you to thank for making this happen, because I think I would have just gotten stuck. If he hadn't, if he hadn't come back and said, "Hey, I really want to do this," I don't know that I would have reached out in time to make it happen. Honestly, because he died so quickly after the interview, um, I think yeah. I probably would have missed that window if he hadn't said it. It was 
Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh. Thank you, Aaron. If you're out. How long, how long after we recorded that did he die? I think two or three months. Things change so quickly. I mean, yeah. I mean, when you have, when you have cancer growing in your body, I mean, it's just, uh, things change, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially brain tumors, I think change things pretty quickly. What people don't know is I think we have probably two and a half hours worth of of recording. True. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was really worried about the the emotional part of it or like feeling, you know, a couple of times he stopped for a while and cried a little bit. And hey, um, I think funny. he was worried about that. But, you know, it, just, it all just came across so great. Um, yeah. yeah. What a lovely guy. There aren't many people that I think I could come up with in my life who've affected me that much and that I've known that little, you know, that I, we spent, (laughs) we literally spent two hours with this man who came in, dropped all of this, like his life story, his idea of death, all of that on us and, and then walked out the door, you know, (laughs) and sure. I, the, and he will stay with me yeah. the rest of my life. I think he is the the, the guy that made this thing happen because he came in yeah. ready to tell his story. And then I think you and I probably both had that idea. Wow. That's what that can look like. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not only that's what that can look like, but um, now we have this thing and what a, what a responsibility I have now to, make sure that other people hear this. Cause I mean, it's important yeah. what he said and what yeah. he did that day. I feel like was really important and it was exactly what I wanted, <laughs> you know, exactly what I thought yeah. this could be. Um, he was the yeah. perfect person, perfect person for the first interview. Yeah. That is something like the responsibility of it is so, I don't know. That feels different than you know, like, everybody on the planet at some point is going to have a podcast, you know, like everybody's doing this. <laughs> There's so many people that have podcasts and I think they all, they all have their motivations, but the, the deep motivation I feel personally is this isn't, this isn't about me or about you too. It's about what we can do to share those stories with people. And you feel this responsibility mm-hmm. to their story. You feel like you owe it to them to mm-hmm. do the best you can with their story. Um, keep it intact, make it, connect with people, spread the word. It's like, yeah, you feel this duty. It feels like duty to me. <laughs> duty. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> waiting. We're just waiting. <laughs> duty. <laughs> we always I, yeah. we always keep it classy too. I like that. <laughs> it's it's important. It's important to me. I was thinking this, like, how are those interviews different than what you do daily in your, in your job? Are they different? Are you different? Um, probably the interview is definitely different because I don't feel, I don't feel really any, I don't feel any duty to help these people move along. A lot of what I do in the hospital, people are in such crisis that I'm always not always, but a lot of times trying to help people 
express the emotion, explore the emotion, to kind of take away the power of the emotion so that they can move into this next stage of, you know, whatever it is, you know, some move towards acceptance of what's happening so that they can make good decisions about what they're going to do, how they're going to live their life. And Uh um, here, at least so far, people are, they're in a different spot. Uh, most everybody has kind of accepted that they're going to die and, you know, within the foreseeable future. And, um, we're not, we're not really doing any kind of therapeutic work. We're just, we're telling the story of how they've come to where they are and what they're hoping for in the future. So it feels lighter to me. I hope it feels Uh lighter to the people who are being interviewed. Um, and it feels, it feels like more fun, honestly. Um, yeah. And I think it's, I think that's come across in the interviews. I think everybody that we've worked with has had a good time and enjoyed themselves. Uh, at, at least I think Nancy definitely did. And oh, uh-huh. the other Nancy definitely did. <laughs> the two Nancys. <laughs> um, yeah. That's the difference really for me. And am I different? I probably am a little, I mean, I feel different. I feel lighter. In that moment, in the moment, in the, in the moment of the interview. Yeah. Although I have to admit that the last couple, especially the follow up with Nancy, I was, I felt a little pressure to make it good because the first episode was <laughs> with her was so good. Yeah. Um, I really, I really wanted the follow up to, to really capture that last little piece of her life the, between the first interview and what we you know, when we recorded the second was uh-huh. filled with stuff. And I really wanted to capture that. And I thought that was a really important story to tell too. And, um, so I felt a lot of pressure for that, but any, anything that came across in the recording, you edited out. So it sounded just fine. <laughs> that is the, that's the beauty of editing. <laughs> I think, it, I think that went fine. I don't know. I think it's interesting. You say it's a really important distinction that in your job, the therapeutic angle is big and I, and that's such a interesting insight. And and so when you're talking to the people for the podcast, it's not about being therapeutic, but I think the, the result is still there. You know, I, I think we've heard that back from people too, every time, like this was really good, really helpful for me to talk through this and to hear these perspectives. So um, but I could see the intent yeah. is not necessarily that. Yeah, I think that's right. Nancy Kay, especially the first time she was like, you know, I, I think she was nervous to begin with and calmed down pretty, pretty quickly. And as we started the interview and then I think she at the end said, you know, nobody's talked to me about these things. So I like, yeah. And seemed like she found it really therapeutic and really very helpful. Yeah. Maybe maybe it demystified it a little bit and made it a little more comfortable. And I hope that's true. I could see that. I mean, putting it into words is always going to make it more acceptable in a way, naming it, you know, naming the things that you're yeah. feeling and having, having somebody like you who is used to that and you approach it in such a normalized way. I don't think I would say my perspective is I I'm I'm not as experienced in that. And so it's so cool to see somebody like you walk into the room and treat it like it's just normal. And I'm sure that's a breath of fresh air to people that are used to 
everyone else being freaked out or trying to help them not freak out. And you just walk in, you're like, you name it. It is what it is. It's so, it's gotta be so comforting to have somebody just be like, yeah, this is what we're in. You know, this is it. I hope so. Sometimes I'll leave a conversation and wonder if I've approached it in a, in too cavalier of a way. And, um, but I think generally speaking, people, they're already feeling the big feelings and I don't, I don't need to pull that out of them. And another thing that I hear a lot is that, you know, if, if I come in and I feel like overwhelmed by what's happening to them or act like I feel overwhelmed that what's happening to them, then they feel the need to take care of me. And like, how Uh shitty is that for, Uh for a sick person? to have to feel like they have to emotionally take care of me. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And the other thing is that is true. It, it, for me, it is normal. It is typical. I talk to people who are dying all the time. And if every time I talk to somebody, I have to act like it's some big thing. Um, I, it's, it's not authentic and I don't like that. (laughs) I don't like being inauthentic if I can help. And, um, so I just, I try to, speak to people like they're people and um like i would want to be talked to i don't want somebody coming in and treating me with a bunch of pity and um Uh making a big deal out of a thing that doesn't have to be a big deal so uh, you know i'm not for everybody for sure but i think a lot of the patients and families that i work with appreciate that kind of i feel like it's a down-to-earth kind of authentic way Mm -hmm. uh, an honest way of engaging with what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's just kind of the, it's kind of the way I've done it from the beginning. Yeah, It's so interesting that you, it is the biggest thing to happen in their lives. And the most helpful thing is for you to walk into the room and treat it like it's normal. Yeah. And you just do that. So, well, I just think that's really big. It is funny. (laughs) It is funny. One of my doctors said something along that line. She said, you know, I just appreciate that you can normalize things in the room because we go in as a big group and it can be very intimidating. You know, we have a doctor, a social worker and a chaplain and maybe others on the team. And if we're going into a room of a dying person and their family and we all come in with our chairs, it can be really intimidating. And, um, I feel like, and I find that acting as though this is totally normal and not mincing Mm -hmm. words or softening language, um, <laughs> it's just, I don't know. It seems to help people feel comfortable with it and it's working for me. So I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, you all bring in your chairs. Do you walk in with chairs? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, it's just a visual, yeah. it's just a visual <laughs> thing for me. <laughs> we have little folding chairs that we walk in with and it is like, it's like a troop of people like walking in with furniture, but also, <laughs> you know, we're not going to go in and sit we're not going to go in or, and like, stand over somebody for an hour or an hour and a half and or everybody just sits on the talking. bed just like 12 people just sitting <laughs> everybody's got a corner on the bed well this is the joke that i was uh that was a lap chaplain and i would just like cuddle people in in the hospital lap chaplain <laughs> that's that's a thing i probably would get fired for that yeah we won't, so we won't funny. keep that in. Again, we're going to edit out all the terrible stuff, so we get to do that. That's great. We'll leave the lap chaps in it.
so I do. I, I have. I had a list of questions I'm going to ask you. Is that okay? Oh, okay. Because I want. Yeah. I want. I want to hear. I want to hear your thoughts. You get to be the guest. You're in the hot seat. <laughs> Which again, yeah, I don't know how you're. I don't know how you host because you do such a good job. Good lord. Um, wow. So I think one thing I would like to hear, and maybe maybe people would like to hear, is anything that struck you as a big surprise. Anything that comes up for you that you like completely that you just didn't expect in this experience. I didn't expect to learn as much as I've learned because I've done this for so long and I've talked to so many people who are dying. Um, yeah. I didn't expect all that much. I didn't expect it to be all that much different. Sure. I think the interviews have been different because of what we talked about earlier. And um, I have learned a lot from these people about how to live after the diagnosis and after, mm-hmm. you know, even after treatment is done or during treatment or whatever. And just my my perspective on on all of that has changed. The thing that Aaron said that I, and I talked about these in like there were little, little reflection episodes, but what hit me so hard about Aaron was what he said about the fine line between resignation and acceptance. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Jeff, who's one of the doctors I work with, and he said he commented on that line too. That that made me rethink how I approach that in the hospital, honestly, because I, I feel like we want people to to come to acceptance of what's happening because people who have accepted what's happening can make better decisions about what to do next. A lot of times I push that a little harder than maybe I should because I feel like if I push that, it becomes resignation rather than acceptance. And resignation may be something that is pushed onto somebody when acceptance is something that they come to on their own. And man, that just, it hit me hard. <laughs> it was just a, mm. it was a, it was a powerful life for me. Yeah. It really has made me rethink things. Nancy K thinking about Nancy K and this idea of beating cancer. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, just reframing that in my own mind as she showed me that, you know, you don't have to, you don't have to get rid of the cancer in order to beat it. Just, um, yeah. Yeah. Your, your reflection on that was so beautiful. Yeah. Just, just a, that, that Thanks. was a light switch for me where you said, yeah, she's, she is actually beating cancer and you don't have to get rid of it to beat it. She is living yeah, her life. Too. That was, yeah. Yeah. It really, it really has changed my perspective on that as well. Um, and I, I mean, I would feel an internal flinch whenever somebody would say, well, I'm going to beat this when we know that they're living with incurable cancer. Um, and you know, this is something I say all the time. Don't ever assume, you know, two things can be true that, you know, I don't know what it means unless I ask people say these things and they're open doors. I mean, I say it all the time, but that's one of the things that I just shy away from because I don't know how to respond to it. And I, I don't want to, I don't want to come back at them and try to correct this. Um, I feel like I've gotten a, a new way to engage in that conversation just from talking with Nancy. It was, it's great. And also Nancy B, you know, what surprised me was hearing her perspective as someone who's lived with a diagnosis for effectively her entire adult life these cycles of illness and treatment mm-hmm. and she has folded all of that into this very rich full life yeah yeah 
But do you want to talk about what you think the new year is going to be like? What you want it to be? Maybe. I don't know if that's something you want to go into of like what your hopes are. I know we've had a couple of a couple of things just in the last you know few weeks, a couple of developments that have been nice about you know connecting with different networks and all that stuff. But you want yeah. to talk about that? Well, what I'm hoping for is more of more of the same. Um, uh, I'm hoping that we will connect with some more people who are living with serious illness and that we'll be able to have some really great interviews. I mean, that's, that's the hard part. I mean, it's, it's hard to catch the attention of the right person at the right time for this particular project. And, um, you know, I've got a handful of people who are on the lookout, but, uh, you know, one, somebody has to be willing to talk about the fact that they're going to die, which is hard. They have to be willing to talk to a stranger, which is also hard. And they Uh have to be willing to at least um, entertain the idea that it might be heard by some people. Um, All of that takes a lot of courage. So yeah, it's just hard to find those people. So I think we have... A couple of connections with um, some big listenership that are going to put the word out on our behalf. Uh-huh. And um, I hope that I'm going to be a guest on a podcast and I can put the word out myself on that podcast and uh-huh. we can get just some more folks that are willing to to participate in the project. And that's really what I want is just to help people tell their story. If I, who've been talking to dying people for over a decade, and learning things from these interviews, it's it's got to be great for other people. I would hate for all of these people who have these little gems of wisdom and experience to go unheard. It's also low stakes. You could try this, and you know, if if it doesn't feel comfortable, then you don't have to air it. But it is. I think it's interesting. the The one thing that you say is like to capture these things because these are very limited time things too right you know we're talking to people that have terminal diagnoses um it's a it's a small window of time and you have a chance to maybe talk about that and and i don't know go on record seems like the wrong way to put it but um yeah. say it out loud <laughs> yeah it's really important and i think um i mean what i've been trying to capture it in my plea to people is this is a time that most people miss because there's so much worry and fretting that's going on. I think doing a thing like this really sets aside some time to process what's happening and to kind of put your thoughts down on a recording that captures a moment that can be so meaningful like Aaron's dad said, I mean, this is a gift that he has now for the rest of his life that he can listen to his son talk about this stuff anytime he wants to. I think that's important, but I also think it's important that people are able to share this with a larger audience. So, you know, it does take some courage, but the stakes are low. I think I would look at it myself. I would think there's no way anything I have to say is going to be worth, you know, committing to recording. Like most people probably feel that way. And I just, from the experience we've had, there hasn't been a moment that is not worth hearing. 
really. I mean, we cut out the uhs and the ums, you know, and nobody wants to hear that crap over and over again. But they're <laughs> like, they're the, what people have to say, what normal everyday people have to have to say about something that we all face. None of that is inconsequential. All of it is meaningful. I can't imagine sitting down with anyone and it being not worth it. Honestly, from what we've seen yeah. already, it's, it's, it's stunning. It's the everyday, just being able to talk about it and again, normalize it the way that we've talked about it, the way that you normalize it, help people normalize it. Just talking about this experience, all of it's worthwhile. I have to say the reflections, I love that. That kind of came about as a, well, what are we putting this week? You know? And it was, well, um, yeah. And I think it was your idea, wasn't it? Where you thought, oh, well, I can just, you know, I can reflect on the previous week's interview because there's always something to pull out of that. It, that yeah. became such a great tool. It is a reflection and it helps me think about those conversations, you know, um, in a yeah. different way. So it's so, it, it is I really enjoy those. I, I, I think you do a, a lovely job of that. And it really brings additional meaning to those conversations. I, I, I And it's just so funny. It kind of started as a mechanical. It was like a calendar necessity. Yeah. <laughs> it was a schedule necessity. Yeah. Well, we need something in that week. Um, let's talk yeah. about last week. <laughs> but it's so much more than that. And I think it just it's one of those things that just comes into comes into being because it was the right thing which is always yeah. such an uh, well, amazing thing to see. Yeah, thanks. I, I appreciate it. It's been fun. Maybe people know, maybe don't. But I went to undergraduate school in biblical studies and did a lot of ministry training, and I have a graduate degree in theology, and it's kind of taken me back to doing some of those like preacher classes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it's kind of been fun. <laughs> it's your preacher teaching. <laughs> I knew to use a degree eventually. Been, you've been really uh, killing it on social too. I have to say, I think it's really fun to see you, oh, um, thank you. getting on a, on all the socials, being the big time influencer. Well, <laughs> are you comfortable doing that? Because you, you didn't you didn't do that much before, right? Like you were not you were not a hey, check me out. I'm a, was, I'm going to talk to the camera guy. I was not, and I'm not. No, no, I've never did it. I never did it a ticky talk before. Uh, um. It's also made me realize, oh, like, I, I do have something to say, so yeah, yeah that's that's nice. Yeah, um, yeah, you're realizing you have something to say because there are so many other people out there with their unique perspectives and experiences, yeah. kind of in the same realm, offering things up. And I think it's cool to see you starting up conversations with those folks and um, yeah. offering your own. Yeah, that's been fun. You know, I have my team in my hospital and I kind of, I mean, it's not that I, I'm not reading and learning from outside sources, but most of what I do is I work in my hospital with my people and, you know, mm -hmm. we're all kind of growing together and it's, it's good stuff, but, um, it's interesting to kind of look out and see what other perspectives are out there. And that's been, um, that's been fun. And, yeah. um, sometimes it makes me think, 
uh, oh, am I am I too rigid about this thing, or am I not rigid enough about this thing, or am I not serious enough about this thing, or am I too serious about this thing? And um, just kind of playing with that in my own mind has been really fun, uh-huh. and figuring out what what I have to say about all this stuff that might be useful to other people is um, it's fun. It's a, yeah. it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it's really nice. I think it brings intentionality in some respects too, especially like when you're doing things like speaking to an issue that someone else brings up or coming up with your tips for people to how to help people that are you know mm-hmm. dealing with death and dying. I don't know when you have to put it into word again. You put something yeah. into words. You 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 form it. Yeah, I've just been keeping a list of little things that I think are worth being a little a tip about how to be with people and. Um, having to actually put it into words has helped me be more intentional about how I'm doing it. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, like I said earlier, you know, the walk through open doors thing. Well, that's, that's a tip that I gave to everybody. And I know mm-hmm. how I do it when I work, but you know, through this project, I've seen new ways that I can do that. And that, that's been really fun too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess after, you know, 10 years of doing this, I ought to have something to say about it. You got a little bit of something. <laughs> I mean, I should. If I don't, I'm not doing it right. Well, I get worried, you know, I'm old enough and I've been doing the stuff that I've been doing for long enough that I'm like, have I already told this story like 18 different times to these people, <laughs> you know, but on TikTok, you don't have to worry about it. You can just set it out there. <laughs> no worry of repetition. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> what else you want to uh, cover? What else do you think you want to talk about in the in the massive end of year episode? Yeah, I guess I want to say thank you to people that have listened. Um, uh-huh. I've gotten a lot of good feedback from people. I mean, a lot of these people are people I work with that I feel like are probably obligated in some way uh, <laughs> to listen. But yeah. um, but they listen. They've listened nonetheless, and they've said nice things, and I really appreciate it. And I hope it has been. Uh, helpful and uplifting and that people have learned things from from listening to these people tell their stories I think that's really important but I'm I'm really grateful that somebody wants to listen to these things um, I would probably do it and I will ke- keep doing it even if nobody listens but yeah um, yeah if people are listening all the better um, yeah and yeah. Uh, you know so far so far they have been and that's nice yeah, I, I think the same thing. I mean, the 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 most important thing is giving people the opportunity to, to share their story, and then you know, growing an audience or a listenership and getting people to hear it is the second part of that. And certainly, we want people to hear it, but the the most important thing is to be able to get people to tell their stories for sure. And yeah, and yeah. so far, I, I love to hear. You know, I'm grateful for people listening, grateful for the way it, we saw it give back to Nancy Kay when she's oh. had a couple of different people come up to her and say, so great. oh, your your story helped me so much. I'm losing my mother or I just lost, you know, a family member. So great. And to have her feel like her story did that for someone else. Destroys me. I think it is just so oh. beautiful. I I can only imagine the joy in her heart. Yeah. yeah. I mean that. Yeah. That made it worth all of this. Just Absolutely. Hearing, hearing her say that. Yeah. It yeah. was so good. So good. Oh, so cool. 
Well, I, yeah. I just want to say, I mean, I don't even know who knows what of this we'll use to it. I'm going to say <laughs> that I am so grateful that you're, you are doing this, that you like accepted me to help you do this. I'm so glad to be part of it. It's so it's, it's such meaningful stuff. Uh, it, it is a joy to work on. It is like we said before, it feels like a responsibility in all the right ways, yeah. all the good ways yeah. of responsibility yeah. where you feel like you are now holding these really important stories and trying to find ways to get it out to more and more people because it's so important. And I just want to say yeah. thank you for, for bringing me into that. Oh man, thank you so much. It's it, amazing. Uh, honestly, I said it before, <laughs> I said it before and you, it, I say it again, You, it would not have happened if you hadn't been part of it. So um, yeah, thank you. You're oh, welcome thanks. and thank you. It's, yeah. it's been so great. Back and forth. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've really, I've really enjoyed just um, getting to know you better and uh, becoming better friends with you. I think that's just, that's yeah. a, that's a lovely bonus. How great is that? <laughs> it's, really cool. it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Well, I, think we did I don't it. know. Yeah, I think we did it. I don't know what else to say with this stuff. You're, you're the one driving the bus. Well. Thank you to you, Chris, and thank you to anybody who's listening to this. And um, if if you or a loved one is listening and you're living with a serious illness, please get in touch. We'd love to help you tell your story. And it will be low stakes and it will be fun because we're fun guys. This is Dying to Tell You.